It's time for episode 414 of the Clockwise Podcast from Relay FM, recorded Wednesday, September 1st, 2021. Clockwise, four people, four tech topics, 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise, the tech podcast that's longer than your favorite sitcom, but shorter than your favorite drama. Can't wait to hear about how I'm wrong about that, but I am one of your hosts, Micah Sargent, and I am joined once again across the internet by my good pal and dungeon buddy, it's Dan the Man Morin. Welcome back, Dan. Oh, thanks. Good to be back. Uh, I got a question. How's it fare against dramedies? Uh, Somewhere in the middle? And do those have one hump or two humps? I always get confused. (laughs) Um, we'll have to think about that. But uh, while we're thinking about that, did you miss me, Micah? You missed me. I I did. I love your yes ands. They're always good. Um, we are joined by two awesome guests to my left. It is the chief emoji officer. Oh, it's uh, you know, everybody knows the smiley guy himself. It's Jeremy Burge. Hello, Jeremy. Hello, Micah. I can't believe last week you had the audacity to have a bonus question about, do you remember what it was? If you have a boat, what would you name your boat? (laughs) (laughs) And then you've got me on this week. Hmm. I know. I'll be sorry. We know what your boat's called. Uh, And to my left this week, it is the host of the uh, Mac Observer Daily Observations podcast and uh, my fellow superhero enthusiast over the incomparable host, uh, co-host of I Want My MCU TV. It's Kelly Gamont. Welcome back, Kelly. Hi, I'm so glad to be here. We're glad to have you. All righty, folks, you know how this show works, and uh, we got to kick things off because there are 30 minutes and four topics. Uh, China has announced that it is limiting online video games to three hours a week for people under 18. I'm just curious your thoughts on uh, this limit. Think it's a good idea, a bad idea, or somewhere in between? Jeremy, we'll start with you. Uh, I have the utmost faith in the kids in finding a way around this. Whatever whatever the system is, I have utmost confidence that the youth will always find a way around. So I guess that's my, my starting thought on that. And otherwise, yeah, I mean, it doesn't feel good, right? Having any government tell you what to do with your free time. I mean... Yeah, I'm not proud of what I do with my all my free time. Sometimes I just wander around doing nothing, but I don't want anyone telling me what to do with it. And under 18s, they have a choice too. Their parents can look after that. There's parental controls. There's all this sort of thing. So it's kind of it's 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 not cool. The the facial recognition stuff. I think that was how it's meant to be tied into real IDs. I guess that's where I'm more kind of concerned. Is it feels like. The, the facial recognition and the, the tracking is more the issue and the three hours of gaming. I mean, fine, whatever. Either way, I don't have a strong view on that. But yeah, the, the government surveillance on specifically who is doing what, that makes me feel pretty uncomfortable. I don't like it. What about the rest of you? <laughs> well, first of all, the good news is only people under 18 have three hours a week in which they can play video games. The rest <laughs> of us are already enforcing that limit ours. No. Uh, I mean, uh, is anybody shocked that a repressive authoritarian regime is being repressive and authoritarian? I guess I'm not. Uh, maybe this is finally the uh, the 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 last tipping point there, right? Like, oh, they're, they're, they're controlling our video games. Never mind all the other terrible repressive things they've done. It's the video games that will foment open revolt 
it seems both awful and I have to 100% agree with Jeremy, entirely unenforceable. I remember certainly my parents trying to enforce limits when I was a teenager to like how long I could spend on the internet on our dial-up modem line. You know, back in the day when, when you were on the internet, it meant your house couldn't get phone calls. And let me tell you how well that worked. Not well. <laughs> They didn't know as much as I did about technology, which made it very easy to circumvent pretty much any decision they made. So uh, I think this is not a particularly effective thing. But, uh, you know, again, the fact that they feel willing to do it and try to enforce it strikes me as just stupid and kind of ridiculous. I, 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 I find it unfathomable. It's like, it seems like you have bigger problems than dealing with how much your kids are playing video games. So maybe leave that up to the parents. But... Kelly, what do you think? Mostly the same as all of you. Uh, my shocked face. Let me show you it. And um, <laughs> and also, like, uh, I feel like all this is really going to do is create another generation of Chinese hackers because the first thing everyone's going to do is sit around and find a way around it and try to figure out, like, even in their own in your own house, right? Like, the mm-hmm. teenagers are trying to find a way around it. Or, you know, if you reboot the router, it resets all the times. And so now I know how to do that because I want to be on the internet more than your than my parents say I can, whatever. Um, so, like, on the one hand, it seems like, yeah, that would be great. But on the other hand, like, I am sort of curious about the fallout of this because I don't know, as a culture, how important or entertaining online video gaming is there. And so I don't know if this is going to end up having a huge impact on a lot of people's lives or if this is going to end up being something where nobody cares. Like, oh, I guess I get to play less Candy Crush. Bummer. You know, like, I don't know how far this is going to go. I'd like to think that maybe, uh, you know, no more World of Warcraft is going to be the thing that causes Chinese society to decide they don't want to be repressed anymore. But I don't know what impact it's going to have. So I'm just sort of hopeful that maybe there will end up being some pushback on this and that, you know, this will be the thing that's a bridge too far and people will maybe uh, mix it up as a result. So I guess we'll see. Um, All good answers and pretty much how I feel about it too. I think uh, what Jeremy was touching on there too is you see this as a uh, first round of uh, limits on the internet. And it's more chilling thinking about how they take it from here, where it starts with just online video games in particular, but is this just a trial round for something that's even more oppressive? That's what kind of scares me about this. All right, Jeremy, let us hear from you. So uh, I was just at a festival, and there's one setting on my phone, which I'll come back and tell you about, but one setting that doesn't exist on my phone anymore. And it kind of got me thinking, is there a, a setting or a feature or something on your phone or on your computer or kind of in anything that you use that you miss that has gone away or just that you swear there was a setting for, but you know, you can't remember where it is anymore? Either way, just wondering, what are you missing? What 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 did you used to have? on your devices that you don't have anymore, Dan? I'm so glad that you asked this question because it allows me to <laughs> bring up one of my favorite little hobby horses. There used to be in Mac OS X a option, uh, command line option you could enable that would take your dock uh, along the bottom of the screen and pin it to the right or left. And I loved pinning my dock to the bottom right corner because it meant that the trash can was always in the bottom right corner because as the dock expanded, it just kept moving left from that right corner. So I really liked that and I used it for many, many, many years 
And then eventually, I think probably when they rewrote the doc at one point, it disappeared and is now no longer a thing. And it's been many years since I've since I've had it. But I still think about it. And I still miss it sometimes. So there you go. That's my my departed Aww. feature that I I sorely du- miss. Duck Duck Pin Dan. We That's me. You. That's Doc what they call me. Doc is my name. <laughs> yeah. Short for Dr. Pin, oh, Dan, no. please. Uh, <laughs> Kelly, no, what I thought that was you? your father. That's all right. That's Mr. <laughs> Mine's going to go even further back, and I'm worried about the nickname it's going to get me. <laughs> um, so it used to be that you could, in classic macOS, macOS 8, macOS 9, you could create a window, and you could have everything in that window uh, be a clickable button. And then, uh, so what I did was I set up a folder that was an alias to all the applications that I used the most. And I know you can like sort of do this in the dock, but that's not the part of it that I really liked. The part of it I really liked was you could make everything, they called it, I think, a tile. And then you could have that window be a pop-up window from the bottom of the screen. Mm-hmm. And then, so you could pop that open and then click on the thing that you needed and send it back down to the bottom. And having two things having all of my aliases that I could set up as tiles but also having like three or four windows that just pop up from the bottom of the screen when I need them that I can then send back down to the bottom of the screen was amazing and I love that very very much and now that I'm sitting here thinking more about Mac OS 8 the other thing I loved was the roll up window where Mm -hmm. you could double click the window and just get the title bar window shade of the bar you could just get the title bar of the window um so i guess i have two answers for that because i really loved both of those things and i was really really sad that both of them went away because i found both of those were things that increased the usability of what i was trying to do on my computer dragging you could drag folders down the bottom and they become tabs at the bottom tabs that was so cool that's what it is i love that yeah the tab so you'd have a tabbed window you click on the tabbed window and it pops up and everything in there's in a is a tile you only have to click it once so i can click once and open whatever the thing is i'm trying to open and then send the window back down to the bottom of the screen <laughs> okay. Wow. Sorry. Sorry. Nope. That was out of line. I apologize. Yeah. Yeah. You. I don't know. You gotta. We'll have to limit your internet for that. Um, I, <laughs> You're down to three hours a week of online games, hours. Dan. That's all you get. <laughs> um, people are gonna find me strange, but I gotta go with 3D Touch. I actually. Oh, so when, I do. I did love 3D Touch. Yeah. I'm see, when 3D that. Touch first came around, I understood all the complaints. I had them too. It was a little weird trying to figure out: Am I 3D touching or am I just long pressing? <laughs> but with 3D Touch gone now, I really miss it. Uh, there were lots of features that I ended up using, and to this day, my finger still thinks it's 3D touching. Uh, for example, the on the lock screen of an iPhone when you are turning on the um, the, the the light, uh, the LED yeah. or the torch, uh, depending on where you are, it is not as pleasant an experience. There's just a lot there that I like. And then also, it was just kind of nice whenever you would 3D touch on an app that didn't have any 3D touch options, and it would just make this nice little feeling in your hand. Ah, I miss it all. I miss it all. So yeah, 3D touch is definitely mine. Jeremy, tell us about your setting that's gone away. Ah, uh-huh. those are so much better than mine. Mine is nothing. I'm I'm happy. I'll take 3D touch and window shade and and dock pin. No, I didn't ever dock pin. Who does that? <laughs> Just me. <laughs> so as I mentioned, I was at a festival, and it's sort of maybe the same sort of thing you get when a lot of people are in one area uh, camping. New Year's Eve, you get this a lot. Your phone reception goes out, right? If too many people are somewhere, mm-hmm. I don't know. If people in cities have this, but it tends to be country areas, right, where a lot of people 
are where they aren't normally. And one little trick that you've always been able to do mm-hmm. is switch off 4G on your phone to mm-hmm. go back to 3G because no one's phone's on 3G at the time and you get a bit of bandwidth and no one's using. And oh. then when Apple releases a new phone, they only let you go from 5G to 4G. And 3G's there, it's ready to be used, but you cannot change your phone anymore <laughs> if you have a modern-day iPhone to use 3G. So uh, there's me cut off from the world, unable to use the perfectly good 3G signal that my phone could get and stuck on 4G or 5G not working at all. So please bring it back. Bring it back now, y'all. All <laughs> right, folks. We are going to take a quick break because it's halftime and I get to tell you about Text Expander from our friends at Smile. Text Expander removes the repetition out of work so you can focus on what matters most. You can say goodbye to repetitive text entry, spelling errors, and trying to remember the right thing to say. When you use Text Expander, you can say the right thing in just a few keystrokes. It's better than copy and paste and better than scripts and templates. Text Expander snippets allow you to maximize your time by getting rid of the repetitive things you type while still customizing and personalizing your messages. Text Expander can be used in any platform, any app, anywhere you type, so you can take your time back and increase your productivity. Folks, I love Text Expander. It was one of those things where you don't really get it until you use it, and once you use it, then you go, oh my gosh, I think everybody should have this. Uh, You set up these little sort of shortcuts that let you type much longer things just by typing out the shortcut. So a really quick example is that I have one for the date slug. So I use a small little thing that I type out, a little snippet, and then the date pops into where I want it. And I have ones for my email addresses. I've got for my uh, actual physical address. I've got so many different uh, text expander snippets, and it just makes things go so much faster. And you, you definitely notice whenever it's not running at the time or whenever you've set up a new computer, it's one of the first things I install. Because once you get used to using it, you go, how did I ever live without Text Expander? You out there don't have to live without Text Expander because you, as a listener of Clockwise, can get 20% off your first year of Text Expander. Visit textexpander.com slash podcast to learn more. That's textexpander.com slash podcast. And of course, our thanks to Text Expander from Smile for their support of the show and Relay FM. Alrighty, Dan, what is your topic? So I have a question for our Apple Watch users out there, which I think is probably most of you. Uh, My question is, do you find it accurately tracks your exercise and fitness? Have you run into problems? Are there things that you do to make sure that it tracks you uh, and gives you credit in filling your rings, etc.? Kelly, I'm, I'm interested. Tell me. It did, and I had a streak for a really, really long time. And uh, I had an iPhone repair go wrong and uh, nobody thought to ask me about my watch at that point. And so I lost all my streaks and everything. And then I was very upset about that. And I set about rebuilding them and uh, got really, really sick and discovered that when you basically spend a week sleeping and then trying to go back to sleep because you're sick, uh, that's also really bad for your streaks, too. I really wish there was the idea of an occasional sick day in in the app, but I find that when I am trying for streaks or or doing workouts, I find that it's much better than it used to be. I have a very specific example of that because it used to be that um, if I set my workout type to outdoor walk uh, and then mowed my yard, which is like a mile, 
it wouldn't work like it wouldn't show up i had to set it as like other in order for it mm -hmm. to give me any credit for any of that and now um if i set it to outdoor walk it actually tracks and so it actually does mm -hmm. go yeah you've walked a mile congratulations because i think the part of the reason it didn't like it before was like i wasn't swinging my arm or something and so i had to set it to other just to get the the calorie credit even though the the workout was definitely at least 30 minutes and i should have got credit for that too so um i do find that it has improved over time so it's much better than it than it used to be well i was assigned male at birth and identify as male and so i found that uh the apple watch does work well to track my exercise and fitness um, I think this is mostly a preview of where Dan's going to go with this, but I will say too that um, my good friend and co-host Rosemary Orchard on iOS Today, who is female, has had lots of issues with um, Apple Watch properly tracking. And so, yeah, I have not uh, had this issue. And uh, I do think that it's something that uh, I've, I've been aware of uh, other people having problems with. Jeremy, what about you? Uh, well, I mean, for starters, I don't use my Apple Watch to be accurate. I use my Apple Watch for motivation to get me off the couch. So I actually don't <laughs> mind if it's completely wrong. I, all I need is to see some numbers there, and I'm I'm pretty happy. So it probably is wrong. Sometimes I look down and I think, you know, I've gone further than this or longer than this. But then other times I look down and it's giving me a lot of credit for not doing much. <laughs> so I don't I don't mind that. So, um, so yes, in general. Um, I don't find it super accurate. I kind of wish it was a bit more um, proactive, I guess. I, I always assumed before I owned one that it would do more automatically. Like if you mm -hmm. go for a bike ride that you don't have to tell it that you're going for a bike ride, that it mm -hmm. could just... I know it's on your wrist, so it doesn't really know, but I don't know, machine learning, surely the vibration of the handlebars or something, you can figure it out um, without me having to say, I'm starting a bike ride now, I'm stopping a bike ride, I'm going for an outdoor walk. Can't I just go for a walk and have it just... <laughs> No, I'm going for a walk without logging it as a walk. So, yeah, it's fine, I guess. I just, yeah, I like to see the numbers at the end of the day. I like to look down and look like I've done something. And if I get to the end of the day and all my rings are nowhere near being closed, I always hate saying closing your rings. Sorry. Um, whenever it looks like the rings are not normally closed, um, yeah, it gets me out of the house. And whether it's accurate or not, I don't mind. It's fine by me. But I'm sure for those needing accuracy, it's... I don't know. We'll find out. Dan, how is it? <laughs> well, I'm glad that you said the, uh, I, I feel like sometimes it gives me credit for not doing very much because I feel like in some ways that's like the, the straight white man like anthem. Of like, yeah, it just gives me credit. <laughs> uh, yes. I don't do that much. I'm just here. Um, yeah, I think this is kind of the, this is sort of where I was getting at, which is I posted this on Twitter, but like my wife and I went for a bike ride. We we're on vacation last week and we went for, you know, a couple hours and we stopped about, you know, we biked about an hour out and then an hour back. And then we stopped at the halfway point and we were comparing and it had given me 47 minutes of exercise and it had given her six. And for an hour long bike ride, that seemed odd. Uh, it was not, you know, neither the most strenuous nor the least strenuous bike ride around. So either it's giving me way too much credit or not enough credit or there's something else going on here. And I'm, I'm kind of fascinated by it. But I think, Jeremy, your your overall point that it's not something that you should necessarily use as like your, you know, overall barometer for how active you're being is a good one. Um, that said, I, I can also understand the perspective of like, I spent a lot of money on this device and I feel like I wanted to at least give me credit for the things that I am doing. So yeah. I, I can totally understand that as a frustration as well. And I've heard Kelly's workaround of the other exercise as well, because that counts things more leniently. 
Uh, and and I mean, the idea of the exercise minute in general, I think, is a weird, arbitrary idea that Apple came up with. Because, for example, if you do certain workout workout types like yoga, it just gives you a credit of exercise for every minute, right? You could be lying. And my wife, who does yoga, is like, yeah, I can literally be lying on my back on the floor, not doing anything for a minute, and it will give me credit for that. But I can go bike riding <laughs> for an hour, for an and it hour will not and give six. me credit for that, which seems yeah. ridiculous. So. Um, I've anecdotally certainly heard a lot of stuff from, from people who identify as female, especially about this. I've heard it from people who identify as male as well, but you know, and this is, again, it's all anecdotal. I don't have hard data to prove it, but it would not surprise me to know that it is, uh, biased in one way, given the composition of the tech industry and the people probably who came up with this device. So I hope Apple continues to refine this because I think it is a valuable tool. It's not an end all be all, but it is something that can, that can be helpful and it would be nice if we're a little more accurate. So thank you all for your thoughts on that. Let's go to our last topic, which comes from Kelly. So lately, sometimes on podcasts, but sometimes not. I've had a few conversations with people about writing things down. Not just like I use a pencil, like the Apple pencil on my iPad and scribble down a thing, but like actually writing with a pen on paper for various values of pen and various values of paper. I was curious uh, of the rest of you, are you team writing or team typing? And do you have maybe like one over the other that you like for uh, a particular situation? What a great question. Um, I had just brought up my pal Rosemary Orchard, and uh, I've got to say, this is her fault. Um, I've recently (laughs) gotten into... Well, okay. So here's, I've had, I had a fountain pen for a very long time um, that I used occasionally and enjoyed it. Um, And then I started talking to Rosemary Orchard recently. And then I suddenly purchased another fountain pen. And then I suddenly purchased another fountain pen. And then I started getting some (laughs) ink. And then, so I am definitely in a writing things down phase. um, Mm -hmm. And enjoying it very much. Thank you. Uh, but I also, depending on what it is, um, I do find it's more appropriate to have it be kind of a, a digital thing. Uh, so, so typing, uh, it out. If, if it's something that is going to be, uh, a long-term thought that I need to keep track of, and I want to be able to find by searching for it, then I'm going to type that versus, um, quick thoughts, uh, shopping lists, those kinds of things or handwritten notes to to friends or family than those I uh, prefer to write for sure. Jeremy, what about you? I I mean, I love the idea of writing stuff down. It does seem very romantic, Micah. You know, you've got your pen (laughs) and you're writing things. So I, I, I get it. And there is one time where I will use the pen and paper, which by default means the rest of the time I'm not. But the one time is when I'm in an absolute slump. And can't get my to-do list together. You know that the, the, how good it feels when you cross off your your to-do list on paper. That's oh yeah, a, that's a, yeah, that's a good feeling, right? You write you write the list, and then you draw a big line through each one. The first item is always write to-do list, tick that off, and uh, yeah, that's. But that's not a daily thing for me because I don't normally have paper near me. I don't normally have a pen anywhere near me, and I'm a big person for uh, you know walking down the street and have it thinking of something and typing it into your notes app. And then I want to go back to the computer and sort of expand on an idea or something. So, I don't know, pen and paper just doesn't work for me like that. I like the idea of it and I will use it to get me out of a bind. But also my handwriting's awful now. Banks over here in the UK are much more strict with your signatures, I've found. And the very few times I need to do a signature for a bank thing, they always tell me it's wrong. 
Um, <laughs> they go, no, that's that's just not it. And you nearly never do it for anything. But yeah, apparently I've forgotten how to sign my own name as well. So I don't know. Hopefully that doesn't come back to burn me anytime. <laughs> so no, mostly digital, uh, sometimes paper. But yeah, that's where I'm at. How about you, Dan? The, the signature thing reminded me of my wife had a bank account in India when she worked there. And they were exceedingly strict. And there came a point where she could literally could not duplicate the signature. Yeah. <laughs> it was frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my, my handwriting yeah. is really terrible as well. And that's the reason I don't use paper very much. Every once in a while, I use it for things that I really need the ability to be like totally free form and like where I'm writing on paper, which I think I'm thinking most often is like trying to solve puzzles and stuff like that, where it's like I need to jot down some notes and blanks and like move letters around and stuff. And I feel like paper is better for that and typing into a computer often but i just i'm always within reach of a computing device i'm not always within reach of a pen and paper so for me it's it's just writing stuff on a you know in the notes app or in an open bb edit document or something nine times out of ten so i i like jeremy and i like the idea of writing it seems very like charming romantic i always think i'll do more outlining for like books and stuff like that and then i just go back to my notes and i'm like i don't I don't know what this says. I can't read this. So, yeah, I, I pretty can't, much can't even hit command yeah, F. There's no I, I, command I, F on exactly, you. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I need the thing. I mean, I you know, the thing in Notes now where you can, like, write uh, with, like, the Apple Pencil and it will, like, remember, figure out what its text is. You know, I, that's what I, mm-hmm. I need more of that. But it doesn't work very well because my handwriting is so bad. Kelly, why don't you wrap us up here? Well, uh, I feel like I need to put some disclaimers on here. The first of which is uh, my mom was a grade school teacher, so I wasn't allowed to have bad handwriting. So uh, my handwriting is still pretty good. Um, uh, I like I'm uh, I'm the the, I end up being the default person when something needs to be handwritten, like, you know, legibly or or even sometimes nicely for some sort of something. Uh, It usually falls to me. And uh, I write a lot. Uh, I have not fallen down i have somehow managed to resist rosemary's gravitational pull of (laughs) fountain pen and paper but i think part of that is because i'm also left-handed so um oh see okay we need to have a conversation i know where you're going with this but yes because because i i i hate getting the blue hand i don't Mm -hmm. write all the way wrapped around so uh i i have a hard time with blue hand but um i really prefer uh, pen and paper for for task lists like you like you all were talking about um being able to sit and write things down uh i'm also adhd like not mm-hmm. like as a catchphrase sort of thing like i'm super add about that like i'm diagnosed it's a thing um and so sometimes i find that sitting down and writing makes it more deliberate and i sort of have to slow down and think a little bit more about what i'm writing versus if i'm typing because i can type like a hundred and something words a minute with a hundred percent accuracy. So um, I can get it all out of my head very quickly, but sometimes what I need to do is just sit down and the act of writing it sort of helps. And so if I sit down and and make the list on a piece of paper, sometimes that's more helpful. Uh, I do spend a lot of time in between. I have an Apple pencil and I have an iPad pro and I will, uh, you know, I have uh, good notes and notability and, you know, import a PDF and scribble all over that for to-do lists and things like that, which is sometimes helpful too. But, um, Mostly it's just that um, I I like it. I can read my notes later. Uh, so uh, I think that's part of what, what makes some of that more convenient. Like in a meeting or something, I'm usually typing because I can get that information down very quickly. But if it's just something... Uh, you know, of mine for myself, uh, there's a fair amount of stuff that that I end up writing down. All righty. Um, that brings us nearly to the end of this episode of Clockwise. But Dan has a special message for us. 
I do indeed. September is Childhood Cancer Awareness Month, and for the third consecutive year, Relay FM are supporting the life-saving mission of St. Jude Children's Research Hospital, Finding Cures, Saving Children. Cancer kills more children under the age of 14 than any other disease. Doctors from all 50 states and around the world refer their patients to St. Jude because they have the world's best survival rates for some of the most aggressive childhood cancers. St. Jude also provides thousands of free consultations for doctors treating children worldwide, including kids in your community. This September, join Relay FM's efforts to raise the funds and awareness needed to treat and defeat childhood cancer. Donate at stjude.org slash relay today. And this year, any donor making a single gift of $100 or more will receive an exclusive Relay FM stickers of thanks pack at the end of the campaign. If your company matches donations, please send us a note and we can have that amount right to the campaign. Email Stephen at Stile, Stephen at relay.fm. And the Relay FM podcast-a-thon for St. Jude will be happening once again. This year, it is September 17th from noon to 8 p.m. Eastern time at twitch.tv slash Relay FM. Tune in to help us support St. Jude and help us hit those fundraising goals. And you can go to stjude.org slash Relay to find out what milestone streams Mike and Stephen will be doing when each milestone is reached. Let's cure childhood cancer together. All righty, folks. Uh, now that we are back from the break, here is my bonus topic for you. Do you love... Or hate surprises, Jeremy. Oh, I love surprises, but for other people, <laughs> it's great being in on the surprise when it's not about you. So yes, love surprises, just not for me. <laughs> Dan, what about that's you? Good, uh, that's good. I, I like good surprises and I hate bad surprises. That's what I'm going with, Kelly. <laughs> that's a cop out answer, Dan. I'm totally okay with um, that. I love them because uh, either it's a good surprise or it's a good story. Mm, I like that. I like that. That's a good one. Um, I do like surprises for myself and for others, as long as they're good surprises. Um, But Kelly, you are making me rethink the bad surprise that it's just a a good story. (laughs) Um, Thank you all for your answers on that bonus topic. We are now ready to say goodbye to our awesome guests. Jeremy Burge, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Nice to be back. And Kelly Gamont, thank you so much for being here. Thanks so much for having me. And Micah will be back next week. But until then, we remind everybody listening out there, watch what you say. And keep watching the clock. Bye, everybody. <laughs>